Amen. I'm excited tonight. I have the opportunity to introduce my friend. Uh, Adam Davis is here with us tonight from Dothan, Alabama. Adam is a uh, veteran police officer uh, with the Dothan Police Department. Um, through that, God called him into the ministry uh, in such a way uh, that he's left the police department and he spends every breath God gives him telling people about Jesus. He is an Alabama fan. I'm just, but he spends every breath sharing the gospel of Christ with everybody he comes in contact with. God's called him to minister to public safety folks, to firefighters and police officers, dispatchers, EMS workers. Uh, but the word's not just for them, it's for all of us, and, and that's why he's here to deliver it tonight. Adam um, is an author, he's a speaker, he's a, a highly published author. His last book, uh, Behind the Badge, was on top of the charts for uh, Christian devotions for a long time. Uh, and his newest book, that doesn't even come out till January, unless you're at Faith Baptist Church tonight, Bulletproof Marriage, uh, that he co-authored with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, um, it, it's already uh, all the behind-the-scenes sales he's doing with that is just uh, going crazy. A, a uh, organization in Houston, Texas, just ordered two thousand books to give to every officer in Houston, uh, or to a portion of the officers in Houston. And so Adam is here tonight uh, not to sell books. He's here to share the gospel with you, to share the word. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you letting Thank you. Well, somebody, somebody welcome Jesus. Thank him for all he's done for us because let me tell you something. You can have everything in this world. Give me Jesus. You can have all the problems. You can have all the good times. Give me Jesus. Um, you're not going to hear a, a bunch of uh, eloquent words. Uh, you're not going to hear a lot of uh, fancy stories. Okay, fancy stories. Um, what I'm going to share with you tonight is is uh, the testimony of how the power of the love of God changed my life. Um, but I do want to start with uh, with the title of this message. If I had to put a title on it, the title is going to be called Unconquered. Unconquered. Many people, don't raise your hand, many people sitting in this room tonight, you've been wounded, you've been scarred, you've been hurt, you've been beat down, you've experienced some of the toughest battles that life has to offer, but you're still unconquered. You're not beat down and you're not defeated. In 1944, taking it a step back, America uh, had established numerous victories in the Southwest Pacific and Central Pacific and brought the war very close to Japan. There was some disagreement between a couple of generals on how they were going to take Japan finally, how they were going to capture and, and dominate Japan and, and take over. But there was a critical element to taking Japan, and that element was the islands of Palau, which leads us to the battle of Peleliu. The Battle of Peleliu 
uh, started on September 15th, uh, 1944. I tell you that to share a story about a young Marine, probably 20 years old, by the name of E.B. Sledge, born in Mobile, Alabama in 1923, I believe. And Sledge was um, lying in his bunker or in his uh, bed uh, the night before the invasion of the Battle of Peleliu. Sledge said uh, he had never been as afraid as he was that night. And he felt like maybe it was him being a coward. But his quote goes something like this. It was hard to sleep that night before the invasion. I thought of home, my parents, my friends, and whether I would do my duty, whether I would be wounded and disabled or, or even be killed. I concluded that it was impossible for me to be killed because God loved me. Then I told myself that God loved us all and that many would die or be ruined physically or mentally or both by the next morning and the days following. My heart pounded and I broke out in a cold sweat. Finally, I called myself a coward and eventually fell asleep saying the Lord's Prayer. It's taken from some memoir excerpts of a book he wrote. Now, what you don't know about this battle was it was supposed to be a three-day battle. Three days. I'm going to send in the Marines, take over the Imperial of Japan, and move on. Take Okinawa. It lasted 74 days. 74 days, one of the deadliest and most bitter battles in American history. Over 3,500 American troops were killed in that time. Over 10,500 Japanese were killed. As of 2004, the population on this isolated little island was 700. But there was over 32,000 undetonated bombs. So in 2009, they began a mission to go in and address these undetonated bombs. If you know anything about an undetonated bomb, it's not safe. You have to deal with it. You have to deal with it. Sin can create some undetonated bombs in our life if we don't address it. I'll tell you a little bit, just a little bit about me. This, this really isn't about me. Uh, I was a police officer, and uh, I loved what I was doing. I loved every minute of it. It was rough. Boy, it was rough on a marriage. Uh, I've got three kids, and... My wife and three kids are actually in Auburn tonight at a robotics competition, or they'd be here with me. Um, but I started in 2009. I started on night shift patrol, working with uh, high crime areas, uh, uh, the clubs, really uh, the places where seasoned officers are supposed to be, but I feel like that they just kind of threw me to the wolves there. So uh, it worked out. But I went on and worked in a couple of different areas, but there was a point in that time in my career in law enforcement, that I found myself with a very cold heart, uh, questioning God. Now, some of you say we shouldn't question God. I, I, I get that. I grew up in a pastor's home. I know we're not supposed to question God. We're not supposed to ask why. We're not supposed to even doubt him. But I did. I said, if you love us, why am I having to deal with these things? And these things I'm talking about, violence and things happening to innocent people or children, and it, just things that bothered me. And I just became cold-hearted and hard-hearted against God. And it began to affect my marriage. 
my relationship with my children, my relationship with really everybody. If you weren't wearing a uniform or wearing that badge with me, we didn't have nothing to talk about. One day, after a battle, a wrestling match, you call it what you want to, after a season of questioning God, I was sitting in a patrol car one day. I try not to squall when I tell this because it's so good. I was sitting in a patrol car wearing my uniform, my badge sitting here on the left side of my chest, my gun on my left hip, my computer here, working traffic enforcement overtime. And I just, I had all I could take. I had already thought about taking my own life. I had thought about leaving my family, abandoning everything. I was at the end of my rope. And there's people in here tonight that you've been right there. But in that moment, I was just exhausted. You know, they say just hang on to the end of the rope. I was at the end of my rope, and I was, I was done. And I said, Lord, I can't sit down and provide physical proof that all these things happen. Or, or I can't really explain any of it. But in this moment, I believe in you for no other reason than I choose to believe in you. He has nothing to prove to us. Nothing at all. We have everything to give. Our hearts, our lives. And in that moment, I did. And y'all, I'm going to tell you something. I, don't, I really don't know how to put it, so I'm going to just put it the best way I can. I've been hugged by my mama, by my grandma, my wife, my children. Warm embraces. But I have never felt the power of God's love like I did in that moment. And that moment began a series of radical changes in my life right here that led to me leaving law enforcement, and now I'm working on my fifth book, and God has blessed it. And uh, now I'm talking to officers on the phone almost every night. I'm talking to somebody that's a first responder, military, helping counsel couples. God has used the things that I went through to set other people free. But what you... Just like the Battle of Peleliu, 32,000 undetonated bombs, over 3,500 lost lives. There's many people sitting in this room, this one included, that's got some serious scars. And we've got some undetonated bombs, maybe it's sitting in the form of unforgiveness, maybe it's sitting in the form of jealousy. Or maybe it's sitting in the form of just pure apathy. But most folks who come to church on Sunday night don't have a problem with apathy. But we shouldn't grow complacent. Complacency in law enforcement is a killer. It'll get you. Don't grow complacent. As a Christian, complacency gives the enemy a foothold. Let's think about David. David, he didn't sit around and talk about all the things that God did in the past just to make himself look good. David would remember the things that God did in the past when he was facing another giant or another battle. Look at Psalm 77, 11. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. Has he done anything for you? 
anybody, one person. He's, has he done anything for you? Every person in this room is a benefactor of the goodness of God. There's mercy that has been shown to us in moments that we don't even realize. Tonight you may be dealing secretly, secretly dealing with some undetonated bombs in your life. You may be dealing with some trauma that you haven't addressed. As a five-year-old boy, I had something happen to me that nobody should ever have to go through. I didn't tell nobody about it until I was in my mid-20s. My parents never knew about it until I was an adult and married about a month before I became a father. Now, I held on to some unforgiveness, and it just about killed me. I know the burden of trying to carry that, and, and it's just it's not good. It's not doing anything to the person that you're withholding it from. It's hurting you. So tonight, if you're facing something, I don't know what it is. You do. First of all, we have to have some courage. We have to have courage to admit that there's something that needs to be addressed. Right. We have to have courage to say, you know what? Having courage and acting in the face of conflict doesn't mean that I'm not afraid. It just means I'm willing to act regardless. Right. So tonight, if you've got something that's deep down, God is able to handle it. It's not anything different than the bear or the lion. David fought or the, or the giant. One of my favorite things, 1 Samuel 17, 37. David said, moreover. Can somebody say moreover? The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of that lion and out of the paw of that bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. He didn't even call him by his name. He said this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. We've got undetonated bombs. With, with this many people in a room, somebody's dealing with something. That's, that's, that's not a, uh, being weird. That's just a statistical fact. I mean, somebody's dealing with something, uh, unforgiveness or, 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 or uh, uh, marriage matters or financial matters. But whatever you're going through, stop putting it on a pedestal higher than the praise you give the Father. He's bigger than the problems you're facing. The Marines were stronger than the Imperial of, the, of Japan. They didn't back down in the face of conflict. Even when it was supposed to be over in three days. They didn't stop and say, well, that was it. That's all we're giving them. They dug in their heels. And I think that that's probably what it's time for us to do as Christians. Is to shake off the old timid way of handling the enemy. And say, I'm not negotiating with you anymore. You're not going to take me out. You're not going to take me out this easy. If you've been thinking about taking your life, you're going to tell him, I'm not going out without a fight. You don't get me this easy. You don't get me this easy. So that's how I struggled with some undetonated bombs. That's how I struggled. And so many of us have struggled with it in the same way. Many of our lives are war-torn. If I could look into the spirit realm and see your soul and your heart, it would be wrapped in the love of Jesus, covered by his blood. 
But somewhere there, I would see a scar. I'd see a hint. Those scars aren't, aren't indicators that God failed you. No, they are reminders of his faithfulness in moments of conflict. They're reminders of the moments when you cried out to him, which is absolutely key, that you cried out to him and he answered and he's faithful to do so every time. Now, that island of Peleliu now in the Pacific is abandoned. It's desolate. You can't even get there except by boat, and that's just to get to other nearby places. There is no life there. It's, it's abandoned. It's war-torn. There's still old structures from that battle. Buried bodies. But if we sit around... And focus on the good old days. If we sit around and focus on the battles of the past and we get complacent, then we become vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. The struggles of the past, if we dwell on them, become the benchmark of future expectations. What happened in the past happened to prepare you for right now. You could look at it from a couple of different angles. Obviously, I'm not going to argue about it. But we're, we can look at it in a couple of different ways. I can be a victim or I can be more than a conqueror. You can't be both. You can't be both. There is no in-between. And I'm here to tell you that if you are a child of God, he has called you to be more than a conqueror. That's not a, you're going to get rich. Life's going to be tough. There's going to be some battles. But he didn't equip you to be a loser. He didn't come and die for losers. It's going to be tough. There's going to be some challenges. But he said, don't you worry. I overcome this world. These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And South Georgia talk, that's don't you worry about it, son. I've got this handled. How many times did Jesus tell us not to worry? A lot. A lot. Now, if you tell somebody to not worry about it, are you just being a, a good Christian? Just don't worry about it. Or is it because you have the end in mind? You already know what's on the other side. Jesus knew that if we walked in obedience to his word, that we would be unstoppable in this world. If we walked in obedience to his word. He said don't worry because he already saw the end in mind. So how do we struggle with these things? These undetonated bombs. How do we struggle with them? Very practical. How do we struggle with them? Uh, worry is one. Some folks are sitting here tonight and you're worried about how you're just going to get by in December. Either you or somebody you know is. That's right. Worried about your health. I had an opportunity to talk with a, a very good friend of mine, police officer, who his home was destroyed in Hurricane Michael. And uh, a few weeks ago he called and said, man, he said, I just I don't know what to do. I, I'm just lost. I feel like God is punishing us or something and God, long story short, answered his prayer. He took care of everything. It, there, there, is no, there is no secret formula. There is no angle 
There is no mathematical or algorithm to getting God to answer our prayers. It's very simple. Be obedient to his word, to his word. Our marriages suffer. Our finances suffer. We all suffer. The body of Christ suffers when we're too afraid to address undetonated bombs. So tonight I want you to, number one, have courage to address the issues that you've suppressed down here. Down here. Because he's calling you to a place of absolute and overwhelming victory. Absolute and overwhelming victory. Let me tell you something. There is nothing special about what I have done except walk in obedience. Be obedient. Now, it is. It can be scary. I'm not going to lie. The day I felt like it was time to go, it was time to go. I didn't have no, you know, big old billionaire family or nothing to fall back on. It, there's no secret there. It was absolutely a step of faith. And, and God has been faithful every single day. Yeah. Every day. He's always faithful. Even when it doesn't seem like it through our own eyes, he's doing something behind the scenes. Maybe you feel like because something you've been through, maybe you feel like maybe he has forsaken you. Like some of those Marines felt the Battle of Peleliu when they watched their fellow soldiers being killed in action. Maybe you feel like God has forsaken you at some point. Maybe it was something that happened when you were a kid or maybe something that happened last week or last month or last year. Maybe it was not something that somebody did, but natural circumstances or however you want to call it. I would challenge you to look at what God has brought you through so far. I encourage you, don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on the things of the past, whether, whether they're good or bad. Remember where he brought you from. Glorify his name for where he brought you from. But be prepared to advance. We spend too much time back here and not near enough time advancing. The enemy, the enemy, he absolutely does not like the message that's in those two books out there on that shelf, I can guarantee you. Uh, if you don't believe in spiritual warfare, you can talk to me later about it, and I'll share everything about it. I'm working on a book right now with Colonel Grossman based on his book that sold over 500,000 copies. Called on, uh, The book is based on a book called On Combat, but this one will be called On Spiritual Combat. It doesn't come out until later next year, so I'm not pitching it. Um, but I'm telling you to say this, <clears throat> there's certain things that, that, that we don't see in the movies that Hollywood puts out about battle. You know, we think that as Christians, our, our spiritual battles, uh, the things that we're going through are supposed to be, you know, grab a tissue, dove my eye, I'm going to be fine. Everything's okay. I have to remain dignified. Let me tell you something. It gets nasty. Very nasty. And you can't, be, you can't remain dignified when the enemy's trying to gut you. When he's trying to destroy your family. You have to move from a place of saying, Lord, please help me. 
to decreeing and commanding the enemy remove his hands off of your family and your life. I want you to rise up as fellow believers. Be encouraged. Rise up and look the enemy in the eye and say, I'm not taking any more from you. John, I'm sorry, John 16, <clears throat> These things I've spoken unto you that you may have peace in the world. Shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now that sounds good. But you look next to an officer who's trying to wipe blood out of his face, or Marine at the Battle of Peleliu, tell him, be a good cheer. Look at a fellow believer, your brother, your sister, who's suffering from a terminal illness. Tell him to be a good cheer. You might hear something you don't want to hear. Sometimes we have to just walk in the word and not talk about the word. Walk in it. Show them, be of good cheer. That's tough. It's tough. It's hard. But our problem is we've looked for easy for so long, hard looks like a giant that's 10 feet tall. We've been afraid of the hard stuff. Man, put your foot on the enemy's neck and don't let up. I'm sick of seeing my brothers and sisters I'm sick of seeing my brothers and sisters struggling just to get another breath. Just to get by when you're supposed to be living an absolute and total victory. So, the only way we can do that is address the undetonated bombs. Your past may be war-torn. Your past may look rough. If it was a, a rap sheet it might be 30 pages long. It may be things that you don't want to tell nobody about. You ain't got to. God knows. God knows. He knows. And let me tell you something. He's not surprised about where you're at. He's not surprised about what you went through. He doesn't love you any less. One of the most memorable things I can tell you is in one of my darkest hours, I remember having uh, partaken of some adult beverages to the point that I could no longer function at a normal level. Let's just put it that way. And I remember feeling, you remember this, down here, something that says, I, I still love you. Nothing that you're doing or can do will shake my love for you. That was the seed of God's word planted in me as a child starting to come up through the dirt. And as a grown man who was working in some of the darkest places, felt like I could drown it with alcohol. And I was trying to. He said, I love you. There's nothing you can do to change that. There's a seed of God's word. Don't be intimidated by a culture who is uh, trying to get everything about God and his love removed. Don't be intimidated by that. Plant the seed of his love, of his word, and everybody you encounter. Teach us to number our days, Lord. 
because they're few. This life is but a vapor. In less than a breath or a mist, it's gone. What's it for? For what? To live and pay bills and die? Those songs tonight, I'm going to tell you something. Y'all rocked my world. That music was off the chain. But if that's all we come to do, my goodness. If I can't reach out across the aisle to somebody that I disagree with and say, I love you. What, how can I help you? How can I serve you? I'm here for you. Don't just say it. Do it. If we can't do that as the body of Christ, what are we doing? If we can't forgive somebody who hurt us, I mean, loving somebody that loves you is easy, unless you're married, and it's tough sometimes. <laughs> but loving people that don't love you, that's the real job. That's what love's for. If you got people in your life that's talking about you, gossiping, you get around them, they get real quiet. And they look at it, you know something's going on. Bless them. Just bless them. Now, that's not code for knock them out. That means literally bless them. I know how you think. I got you. <laughs> I'm going to wrap it up. Listen, look at where God's brought you from. Look at where he's brought you from. Has he brought you out of some stuff? You didn't come out unscathed. He didn't promise that we didn't have to Crossed that chilly Jordan, he just said he'd be standing there waiting on us. He'll be waiting on you. He didn't say that you're going to go through this life and not get, be sitting down somewhere one night feeling hopeless, squalling your eyes out, wondering how you're going to make it until tomorrow. But he did promise that he'd be right there. How is he there? Lean on his word, his everlasting, unwavering truth. It's time for us to come together as a church, as a body of Christ. Come together. It's time to come together and help each other. It's time for us to come together as a nation and help each other. It's time to regain our spine as the church and stand up and say, no more. No more. We're going to handle the, the undetonated bombs. We're going to handle, some, somebody is going to handle theirs right here tonight. And you're going to walk out of this place with a lighter burden because you brought them and left them at the feet of Jesus. But you're going to have to have a little courage. And you're going to have to put your foot on the throat of pride. Because let me tell you something, to get up here and share the story of my weaknesses if you know the personality of most law enforcement officers or most first responders, you don't share about weaknesses. You don't talk about your brokenness. You just suck it up, tuck your chin, square away, and move on. I know how you feel. I was ready to end it all until the moment I realized I had a purpose. And that my God loved me, and if nobody else did, that was all right. Amen. If one of your brothers falls, if one of your sisters falls, next time, because it'll happen, 
You hear somebody running a mouth talking about them, stop them. They ain't going to do that mess no more. Not here. Not now. We're going to stop it because next time one of us falls, we're going to reach down and pick them up. We're going to help them. We're going to love them. Address any correction. Restore them. That's what we're for. Too often, when a fellow believer falls, we dogpile on them. It's time to end that. James 5.16. Quite possibly one, I mean, there's just no way to have one single favorite verse. But James 5.16, confess your faults to one another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual, fervent. Hmm. Now, I ain't telling you how to pray. But uh, Carl Chin was here earlier this year, and he shared the story of his father. When they were, uh, their ship had been bombed. And I'm, I'm telling this in a nutshell. You just have to find it online somewhere. And their ship had been bombed, and they're out at sea, drifting. And one of the men says, we ought to pray. And one of them started with this, our Heavenly Father. He said, no, stop. We are drifting into nothing. We need somebody to stand up and cause God to move off of his throne and do something to help us. Too often we have come, go ahead, I'm telling you. Listen, if you want to do something, if you want to move him, effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man. You realize that the time is urgent. The time is urgent. The time of lollygagging and moving around with no energy and no life. Is gone. Those days are over. The enemy is at your doorstep and he wants to take everything you've got. And now is the time to rise up, church. Rise up and remain unconquered because of your Savior. It's on you. It's on you. It's your decision. You could keep carrying the burden. Jesus offered to take it from you. Why would you keep toting something around that's been paid for by somebody else? In law enforcement, that's called theft. <laughs> so what you going to do? What you going to do? Now is a moment of decision. Jeremiah 29, 11, beautiful verse. Maybe you're sitting here tonight, you're thinking, hey, just... God ain't got nothing for me, and I ain't got nothing for this life. Ready to pack up, and you'd be surprised at the number of folks that's ready just to walk out on their families. This time of year, suicide is absolutely through the roof. Law enforcement officers, there's more law enforcement officers taking their own life this year than those that have been killed in the line of duty. Don't see that on Fox or CNN, do you? It's sad. There's people that are in this room tonight. You are, or somebody you know, feel absolutely hopeless and feel so helpless. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord. Did you know that he thinks about you? Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. There's a lot we can learn from God's word. 
there's a lot we can learn from the Battle of Peleliu, from those Marines, those young, those young men who, who knows, if they would not have been brave and courageous, paid that ultimate price, would we be here tonight? Would we be in this free nation tonight? I don't know that we would be. In the face of conflict, David didn't rest on the, the big victories of his past. In the moment of decision, when Goliath is on the battlefield flexing, you know how to flex. It's time for the Christians to flex. In the moment of decision, he didn't cower back and say, well, let's see. No, he knew what he had to do. He grabbed his rocks. He went to war. He defeated the enemy. It's time to rise up, unconquered believer. It's time to rise up. Why? Because people around you need you. They need the gifts that God created you with and the purpose that he called you to use. They need you. This world needs you. We need each other. We need one another. You bow your heads. Please don't, please don't leave right now. Please don't leave. It's too, too important. You just don't understand. If you haven't felt that way, you just can't understand the urgency of this message. I know that you've had a tough time. I know that days have been dark and the nights have been darker. I know that you've, ready, you've, you've, you've been ready to walk away from everything. You've been ready to end it all. You don't know how you're going to make it through tomorrow, much less the rest of this month. Maybe you're just holding on to unforgiveness. They don't deserve it. There's no doubt horrible things have happened to you. That's not minimizing it. But doggone it, it's time to put God a little bit higher up than we put our problems. Will you do that tonight? Will you just take one step of faith, encourage, and say, I forgive? Will you take one step and say, I've got an anger problem, or I've got a, a hidden sin, or a hidden problem, whatever, a substance abuse problem. You know what it is? I don't have to tell you. But there's a Savior, and his name is Jesus. And at his name, every one of those problems have got to bow. I'm going to open the altars. There's a team here that will pray with you. You're welcome. I'll be happy to pray with you. If you're holding on to some stuff and you want to see what life is like on the other side, tonight's the night. This is your opportunity to walk in the, the power and the goodness of God's truth, of his word. Jesus promised it to us. He's already paid the price for it. And I think that we owe him at least to leave the burdens at the foot of the, at the cross. Lay them down. Lay them down. They're not yours. I don't care how big and bad you are. They're not yours. Leave them here. If you don't know who this Jesus is,
we'd love to talk to you. Let me tell you something. If he could change an analytical mind, a questioning heart, a doubting heart, a hard-hearted man, if he could change me, he could help anybody in this room. You are loved more than you could fathom. You are loved more than you can ever imagine. And there's nothing that you can do that will ever change that. His love demands a response. Ignoring him is a response. Denying him is a response. But love responds in kind. And if we love him, give it to him. Heavenly Father, thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for setting me free, for sending your son to die on a cross. Raise him in three days who reigns at your right hand. Thank you. You have done so much for me, and you're no respecter of persons. Remove the burdens of my brothers and sisters. Move in the hearts and lives of every man, woman, boy, or girl in this room. Reveal your goodness in a way that we can't even describe. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. power of God is real and he can radically change everything that's going on will you let him Thank you, brother. Quick question while you're praying, heads about eyes are closed. If you um if you have any doubt about your salvation, if you have any doubt that if you died tonight, you'd spend an eternity in heaven because you trusted Jesus Christ alone as your personal Lord and Savior. If you don't know that you know, I promise y'all not embarrass you. I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. Hold your hand up right where you're at. Say, I don't know that I know. I don't want anybody to leave here tonight without full certainty that Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. Because as a child of God, you can hand him all your problems. That's the first and most important step of your life you'll ever take. Trust Jesus Christ. Brother, this, this morning... It's funny, you started out talking about asking why, because this morning I preached a message entitled, Have You Ever Asked Why? And I preached from the book of Job. And at the end of the day, Job lost everything that day. And at the very end of all that, it says that Job cleaned himself up and he worshipped. 
said, naked I came in, naked I'm going to leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But I shared a verse this morning. These things have I spoken unto you. That in me you might have peace in the world. You shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I am not a coincidental person. There ain't nothing in me believes in coincidence. I don't believe in good luck and bad luck. I believe in blessings and trials. And God sent a man here tonight to read the exact same verse in the world. He, he don't say you might have. There's a chance. Don't worry about it if it happens. But he, he said you, you will have. It's going to happen. There's going to be some tribulation in your life, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Thank you so much, brother, for the message. Um.